everybody, this is Townsend. Thank you so much for tuning in. The goal of this podcast is to cover a vast variety of topics regarding mental health, struggles, share people's stories, and hopefully remind you that you're not alone. I hope you enjoy. One, it's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Yes, we haven't spoken yet. No, we've not. So I was saying, yeah. So this is Kim. She's like a coach guru for Enneagrams. I've been following you on Instagram for quite a while. I'm actually not sure how I ran across your page. I think mm-hmm. it was one of those like pages you would like. And so I've been a follower of yours for a while. I love things that you post. I feel like they're very uh, personable things that I can relate to. And I thought, you know, what better way to talk about like people and personalities and I have a platform I don't know if you've looked into it since we've chatted but I started a platform called you're not alone and so about twice a month I do chats on a ton of different topics just to kind of help people get in touch kind of open the doors to chatting and to realizing that people aren't alone and it doesn't matter what they're going through right so I feel like Instagrams are perfect for that no I think so too yeah knowing that your perspective in the world is not you being crazy like there's people who share that like yeah, that's yeah. important too yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> i love it now kim where are you based out of what state are you in yeah i'm in arizona so okay. phoenix area is is where i grew up and where i live now as well so very good yeah. i actually just did a live stream with have you ever heard of only human i think yes I think yeah, so. so they're based out of Phoenix. I actually just did a live stream with the owner of them. She was amazing as well. Um, I've decided I need to come back to Arizona because <laughs> they're just a lot of cool people there. I think so. Maybe wait a few months until it cools off. But yeah. Right. <laughs> um, have you ever been out to Arkansas? Um, just briefly, very yeah. briefly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, it's beautiful. It is. It's a great state. It is humid. AF is the best way to put that. Um, yeah. All right. So let's get started. So um, for everybody that doesn't know, I want you to kind of introduce yourself. So who are you? What are we on here for? Let's start simple. Let's start there. Yeah. Yeah. So I am an Enneagram coach and I, I help people. Uh, most of the people that I coach kind of share my faith. We share uh, the Christian faith together and that gives us a great starting point um, and shared language to really use the Enneagram to grow, to understand ourselves better, to empathize with other people and where they're coming from. And that's really my passion is to help people understand what's going on inside of them. And as they do that more, also what's going on inside of another person and not making assumptions or, you know, wanting people to be the same as them, because then we can really be with a person instead of just seeing what we want to see in that person. And, and I think that the Enneagram is a great way to facilitate that and, and uh, grow in that way. So, so that's what I, that's why I do what I do. Yep. I love it. You know, the way you put it, it's almost like the five love languages. Like you can't just understand what you need, but you kind of got to understand what other people need as well. Right. Yes. Communication has to go both ways. Absolutely. Because you could be, speaking your heart very clearly but if someone else doesn't understand where your heart is coming from um it can be difficult to decode it on the other side and vice versa yeah so so the enneagram can be a great uh starting place and and shared um kind of uh style to be able to really speak heart to heart instead of throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what words stick you know (laughs) yeah i love it absolutely so 
what got you into the Enneagram thing? Like what made you think, yeah, that's what I want to specialize in? Yes. Yeah, so I was doing um, coaching, kind of general coaching, and I loved it. But I, you know what I was finding was um, you get into a coaching session with someone who really wanted to grow and you'd say, well, what do you want to talk about today? Like, where do you want help today? And it, it, there would be silence, right? There would be silence. And it, it wasn't their fault. It wasn't my fault. It was just, we needed a framework. We needed a place to start. And when I found the Enneagram myself personally, outside of what I was doing with coaching, I was like, this is it. Like, this is it. Like, this helped me so much. I know it can help other people so much. And it gives us kind of this pathway to walk together um, as coach and client. And yeah, yeah, I dove in head first, learned all the things <laughs> and uh, just ran from there. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I actually saw a lot of Enneagram coaches logging in right now, but I saw Enneagram Ashton log in, which I follow Hi. her well. Yeah. What's up? Um, I love, so you are the two that I'm, there's one more that I follow, but you two are the ones that I've really stayed with because there's something, there's just something personable about what you post, which I love. Oh, thank um, you. And so Enneagram Ashton, what's up? I'm a fan of yours too. Um, it's just, I'm a big fan too. Yeah. <laughs> you relate really well with like, instead of just posting like blips here and there, like some of the pages I've been on, I really like the way you relate, related your information and relate it to people reading and watching. So that's really cool. Um, okay. Yeah, I I'm still have a filter. I hope that's okay. Yeah, girl, <laughs> the filter. lighting is not great. <laughs> yeah. I do not have a filter on, so don't judge me. My hair's in like a really yeah. weird phase the right now. It's amazing then. Like I'm just in a corner <laughs> of my room against wall so. it's, it's all good. It looks great it looks like a green screen behind you um okay so enneagrams have been around like forever right mm -hmm. so what yeah, is bad right now like what made these blow up all of a sudden it seems like no that's a great question um i think and this is my opinion i think we just want to know ourselves we want to know ourselves outside of our culture and outside of how we grew up and what we were taught like who am i what do i believe about myself life's big questions how we grow how we communicate and i think the enneagram offers this insight that is so needed uh, because it helps separate ourselves from whatever culture we grew up in, like Arkansas, Arizona, like both of us, we're going to have different, um, different cultures, right, that we grew up with. What, what part of Kim is the family I grew up in and what I was taught and what part of me is innate and who I am and how I view the world and how I move through it. And I think the Enneagram can really uh, help give us insight into that. And so, so I, I think that's why a lot of people have um, really embraced it as a personality typing system and, and seen it help in whatever growth they're going for. Like it helps. <laughs> yeah. It really just seems like in the past couple of years, it's just skyrocketed. You hear about it everywhere. Books are written about it. And I feel like our generation for the most part has gotten so much more self-aware. Maybe we are just really traumatized as kids. I don't know. Um, mom, I, I think maybe sorry. we're aware of that trauma. And so we're like, no, we got to fix it. You know, I'm not sure that we're more traumatized. So maybe just like, <laughs> no, the healing needs to happen. Yeah. Like this cycle breaks with us. Yeah. Let's, let's heal. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that's, that's what, that's one thing that I love about our generation and the one coming up after us. I don't, I don't know how old you are, but I'm already looking at the next one. 
Sure. I'm like, why are you graduating high school? Like, stop it. Stop. (laughs) I'm old. Oh my gosh. I'm old enough to have a short haircut. And I'll tell you this. So I see old people all the time, like geriatric age, eighties, nineties. And I got this haircut because I was like, I worked in healthcare and it's super hot. My hair was down to almost my waist. And this is how old I am. I see 80 and 90 year olds and they're like, where did you get your hair done? I want that hairstyle. I'm like, here we are. This is my life. Um, so no longer do 20 year olds think I'm cool. I'm now in like the 90, I skipped all the middle. I'm just like really cool to 90 year olds. So well, that's, that's fine with me. Like yeah. I, I, I've never been cool to anybody. So <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. I'm going to be weird. It'll yeah. Be um, so It'll I'm be like, I'm soaking it up. Yeah. At <laughs> no, least. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is what it is. All right. So Enneagrams, uh, let's first kind of define and explain. I know you kind of did a minute ago. Uh, there are a ton of people logging in. One thing I, I always say that, but Instagram has the number on the top and it is always wrong. It freezes on mm. one number, but there are a ton of people logging in. So let's talk about, let's define Enneagrams. What does that mean for people that don't know? Yeah. So the Enneagram is a personality typing system um, in its most simplistic form, but really in its most true form, it's kind of this window into our motivations, how we process the world and move through the world. So um, it's really, if you want to get into the Enneagram, you will learn things about yourself. You know, like uh, Myers-Briggs might tell you what you do and you can say, yes, I do that. Or no, I don't do that. Like, it's pretty easy. But the Enneagram is, why do you do that? Um, What are you running from in life? What are you running towards? And those questions are big and they have a lot of um, ramifications when it comes to our self-awareness. Now, I, I haven't found anybody who you know, after a while was like, I didn't want to know that. But sometimes right at first, they're like, I did not want to know that about myself. Sure. I would have been happy being ignorant about that. Um, (laughs) But the Enneagram really gives us a view into our motivations. That's really what it's about. Uh, Instead of outer behaviors that you can put on like a sweater, even if they become habits, like you can take them off. um, The Enneagram really is kind of how we're wired and, and, really at its most basic a picture of our motivations and why we do what we do so so that's why it's helpful that's also why it can be sometimes a little bit difficult to find our type or um see how to grow past our type because it's so innate and wired into us so so that's long answer Short answer long, I guess. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, I want to make a side note. Like if I write a book, I want you to do my audio version of it. You've got a fantastic, like very soothing voice. Thank you. Yeah. You're talking. Thank you. I love that. I'm going to accept that as a compliment like that. Oh, absolutely. It's very, very easy to listen to. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, Okay. So relating it to like my platform. So mental health, letting people know that they're not alone. How can Enneagrams be beneficial for mental health and self-care? Like yes. What, Cause I felt like that was super beneficial. And I saw your post been keeping up like, so with you and Enneagram Ashton and just been like, Oh my gosh, there's such a connection there. Yes. Yes. So the Enneagram really can help us see, um, especially as we learn about it more uh, about the Enneagram itself and also reflect on, well, how does that apply to me? Where am I at inside this framework of the Enneagram? Uh, we can kind of see 
how often we fall into maybe an unhealthy pattern or how often we react out of stress instead of respond with intention and intentionality and being able to have a gauge of what that looks like for us and our type can really help us see, oh, I need to talk to somebody about this. Like I need to go, I mean, I, I probably should go to some therapy because I keep like falling into this pattern. I know that that's not necessarily a healthy pattern for me and what could be going on there that it's hard for me to pinpoint. So as far as mental health, I think it can be a really good barometer for us. Like, where am I at? Where's my pressure in life at? And it can help show us, oh, like the pressure is rising, like something is gonna have to give, um, or I'm gonna need some, you know, professional mental help here, whether that's therapy or counseling or whatever. And um, as far as self-care, I think it's the same thing. Like knowing, using the Enneagram can help you see uh, well, these are the ways that really fill me up. These are the things that can like fuel my energy, uh, especially emotional and mental energy. And these are some things that I need to be aware of because they tend to train me or they're more difficult, you know, and uh, being able to find the balance for ourselves because we're all so unique um, and there's going to be nuance even if we're the same Enneagram type, there's going to be nuance, but it can give you a great starting place, a great foundational idea of this is what self-care beyond self-soothing might look like. This is what it might look like to keep myself healthy um, and full for whatever life has for me, you know? And uh, I, I equate self-care uh, and boundaries to be like as important, you know, or maybe oh. even synonymous sometimes. Um, and I think that the Enneagram can really help there as well. So, you know, I mean, it's my, it's my thing, it's my passion, yeah. but I really do think it can be helpful for both. Um, there's a, there's an account, uh, Michael Shahan therapy, and he's an Enneagram. He's a therapist who is Enneagram informed and it's, if you could find that, that's the gold. That's the gold. If you are looking to use the Enneagram and mental health, finding a therapist who understands your Enneagram type. Yeah. Like that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's like a kind of like a light into your soul, like, like why you're wired the way you're wired. And if you want somebody to have a light into your soul, it is your therapist. Yeah, that's right. You definitely <laughs> Maybe want somebody that. that you just met on the internet and you're going on a first date. Maybe don't yeah. tell them you're any different type, but <laughs> wait, like a third date thing. Wait, that's a, yeah, that, that's, we, we need to get to know each other's surface yeah. level first, but the right. therapist, you want to get right in there and get to that deep healing. Yeah, that's right. Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning in to You're Not Alone with Townsend. If you're enjoying these live streams and podcasts and want to see them continue, head over to patreon.com slash townsendtmusic. Your support means that the research and time and effort that goes into each one of these episodes can continue, and we can reach out to more guests and do more awesome things in 2022. All right, back to the conversation. I bet therapists could guess what Enneagram people are pretty quickly. Yes, I think so, because therapy is a place where you do talk about those things that you are running away from in life and the things that impact you deeply and the hurts that you have um, and what and what you're striving for, like what you are really 
hoping to get in life. And so, so an, in, a therapist, especially if you are in that place where you are laying it out on the table and you are being totally 100% honest with them, I do think, you know, I tell people not to type people, but if anybody is okay uh, guessing, it's probably a therapist <laughs> in, in a therapy session. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So let's have in one to everybody that's watching. I would love to know your Enneagram type. So if you're watching and you want to jump in, jump in, tell me your Enneagram type, because I'd love to dive deeper into like what most people are watching. I got a lot of messages, so we'll talk about those later. But if one of people if people want to hop in while we're talking, shoot that on there. All right. So for people watching, what are um, let's do a quick run through of the different Enneagrams and then how can people like I don't remember how I figured out my Enneagram. So where, where's a place people can go and be like, okay, how do I figure out what I am exactly? Where do they need to go? Yeah, so there are a few places. Um, there are some assessments which can give you a good place to start. I always caveat it because it is about your motivations. Right. A test can't tell you, and it's, sometimes it's hard to answer completely as us. Sometimes we answer as, oh, I don't want to be that. I'm going to like not say that or, Ooh, I do want to be that. Like I aspire to that. So it can be hard yeah. and based on how the test is worded, like there's, there's a lot of reasons why an assessment that you take online might not be right. Um, if you're looking for a faith-based one, your Enneagram coach is a great place to start. Um, Cloverleaf has a good one. Cloverleaf. I think that's it. If it's wrong, I'll, I'll send you and maybe you could put the correction in your stories. Um, and then Enneagraminstitute.com might be a great place to start to read through the descriptions because I like, I like if you're looking for a free, no pressure place to start, I would probably recommend Enneagram Institute and read, um, read their paragraph descriptions of each type. And you know, ask yourself, is this me? Like at my core, is that what's going on inside here, even though I may not like it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <people laughs> so that can be good. That explains a lot. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so if you get mad at the web page that you're on, you might be on the right track. <laughs> that's right. You have found the right Enneagram. All right. Mm -hmm. So you guys keep telling us what your Enneagram in is. And Kim, let's do a quick run through of Enneagram. So like there's one through nine. And each one kind of has their personality type like wrapped up in a word or two. So let's go through that if you can. So one through nine, let's roll through. I'll go as fast as I can. Yeah. So, so yes, there are nine types. They are numbered one through nine. Um, there is no hierarchy. There's no best. There's no worse. They are just different. Um, type one tends to uh, want crave order, crave being right, being seen as right, and they run towards those things in life. And so some of the behaviors that you might, if you're into the Enneagram, you might think of some stereotypical behaviors. I'm not going to go into that because behaviors are not what we're focusing on, but they're really running towards what's right, putting things in order, reforming and improving, and they're running away from making mistakes being wrong, um, doing things that are inappropriate, like they run as fast as they can away, away from those things. And so that is type one in this little tiny bit, bit in a nutshell. They tend to, uh, something that might help too, is they tend to struggle more with some anger uh, that kind of comes out as this resentment, this frustration with how things are, um, and this, this it, it might be hard to, to not see and not focus in on 
what's wrong in the moment and and that if you're a type one you'll probably know that frustrated like oh that's not right <laughs> something yeah. isn't right i don't like that um so that's type one type two is um often known as the the helper um and type two really runs towards and strives for being loved being accepted um being needed and wanting to be uh in connection with their people and they run away from being rejected being unnecessary being uh just not not needed <laughs> like and and feeling like they're alone and so so you might see a type two really leaning into help really leaning in to connect with things that they can do for other people and so th that can be some a behavior i said i wasn't going to do behaviors but that can be something that you might see a type two doing um type three is uh sometimes known as the achiever and type three tends to run towards uh success respect um admiration feeling like they've achieved right they've achieved their goal and moving on to the next one they run away from feeling like or looking like a uh, failure feeling uh disrespected or not uh acknowledged and uh so you so you might see a type three kind of trying to live up to the expectations around them because that might be what success looks like for them so so really moving towards success checking that off moving towards the next success might be what a type three would do type four i'm trying to go as fast as i can oh you're good <laughs> type four um is really running towards fully knowing themselves knowing what sets them apart and finding that unique spark that is them and they're running away from the feeling of being mundane not being deep um not being seen and that can you know they're running away from all of that they don't want they don't want to touch that with like a 10-foot pole and so you might see a type four uh really leaning into the things that are unique about themselves uh, but also feeling like they aren't unique like feeling like they there's something missing in themselves that they think other people might have found and so this feeling of kind of loss or longing in a type four uh, you might see that or feel that if you're a type four i don't know they don't always show it but that can be something that can help you know if you're a type four and then a uh, type five sometimes called the investigator this type tends to run towards feeling competent, feeling capable, feeling knowledgeable, feeling the confidence that comes from knowing what to do, knowing how to do it, knowing the answers. And this type runs away from being incompetent, feeling overwhelmed by the burdens of the people around them or feeling like they don't have the energy that they need to do whatever it is they want to do like they tend to have this energy battery that they can just feel draining and they tend to recharge this with private time um boundaries that they place so that they're kind of safe and and they can work on the knowledge um because sometimes the people are overwhelming to a type five or just noise life noise 
can be difficult for a type five. So if any of that helps anybody who's wondering about that, uh, if you're a type five, I mean, type six is um, really running towards certainty. How can I have the answers that I need in this moment to, um, in order to avoid something bad happening? Like how can I think up and troubleshoot danger, possible danger or possible disappointments so I can avoid those. So they're running towards that certainty, that support and that loyalty that a type set six kind of craves so that they feel safe and secure. And they're running away from all the opposites, right? You've probably noticed the pattern. They're running away from the opposite thing. And that is insecurity, uncertainty, worst case scenario. Like, like I don't want anything bad to happen. I don't yeah. want that um that thing that's coming at me to get me so i'm gonna i'm gonna book it like i'm gonna run towards certainty um and so you might see a type six struggle sometimes with um i don't like to call it anxiety because it's it's not the same thing it's more like worry um like the hamster wheel of where are my exits you know like what would i do if this happened so that i can avoid it that that kind of thing is kind of what a type 6 often has going on in their head and then a type 7 i see someone who is a 7 so type 7s are usually uh running oh i forgot some of the titles i don't usually use them actually i try to avoid the titles but sometimes they're called an enthusiast and type 7s are running away from or sorry running towards joy they are running towards the future what's happening how do i get there like what's the plan um variety big thing for type sevens like how can i um experience life right and they're running away from things like emotional pain um boredom being stuck in an uncomfortable bad or awkward situation and not having an escape hatch um and and so this often propels type sevens really into that future planning they tend to have fast brains um big imaginations and often are like i don't like this i don't like right now <laughs> let me escape to the future and just go there like it's fun there um and so so that can be what it might feel like to be a type seven and then type eight um, is is really running towards the ability to control themselves in their environment um, and uh, really is avoiding or sorry really is running towards protecting themselves and their people right and really wanting to be able to make their own decisions <laughs> and they're running away from uh, being harmed or betrayed, uh, being controlled, being manipulated. Like, no, that's a hard pass for a type eight. Um, and often what you'll see is how they move through life is trying to avoid that. Sometimes that comes through overcompensation and, and a like an emotional uh, shield that they might put up, this protective armor that they might wear. Um, because they really want to avoid uh, being controlled or harmed in that way. And so you might see a type eight uh, move through life with power 
and with a lot of outer energy um, in order to be able to make their own choices and, and do what needs to be done. And then type nine um, is sometimes called a peacemaker, um, tend to be a little more on the conflict avoidance side because what they're running towards is inner and outer peace. And this feeling of harmony inside themselves but also in their, their their environment and with their people. And so they're running away from conflict, discord, uh, this feeling that ugh, something is not right. Like that's not okay. That's not an okay feeling for a type nine. And so you might find a type nine, um, or if you are a type nine, you might sometimes find it hard to be assertive in your opinion to do things that you think might be a little provocative, like, oh, I don't agree with you. That can be really tough for a type nine to, to stand up and say. And, and also they might, you might find yourself as a type nine um, kind of sometimes shrinking yourself as a person so that you don't cause ripples. And so that you can be, um, you can help keep the peace like you can help people get along uh, but it can sometimes be hard to stand up for yourself as a type nine so i know that was not short oh no <laughs> there's nine of them but that's that's the enneagram types in no that's perfect as tiny in that shell as i could do <laughs> I, I love it so there are a couple of people saying they missed the beginning so this live show will be available you can go back and watch it it'll be on my instagram i'll upload them to youtube as well my hope is to get them to a podcast as well in the future. But oh, yeah, that'd be amazing. One, yeah. So one is the reformer. It's like the rational person uh, doing all those things for somebody that asks. All these people are talking about how spot on you were. That's awesome. Oh, I know a, a lot of twos <laughs> and I know a lot of nines. I'm actually a six myself and you hit it on oh, the yeah. head. I'm like constantly, I got to know where my exits are. I want to plan ahead everything. Like I have my book and it is top to bottom written with all my plans and times and when things fall through I'm just like oh my gosh what do I do and yes. I see it and I know it and I try to fit it's almost like perfectionism yes actually type I'm a type one on the Enneagram um and this is why just for anybody here this is a soapbox I will gladly get on <laughs> anytime but mistyping is so prevalent and one of the things that you pointed out is um type one perfectionism and type six perfectionism can often look the same, but you pointed out some of the differences, like the, the anxiety of what will I do now? And really let's say worry, because it's not like deep anxiety, even though that can happen. Um, it's like, what's going to happen now for a type one the perfectionism. And then when something falls through, I would be straight into anger. Like what went wrong? Who's yeah. to blame? Like, let's get it right. On. Uh, you know, so, yeah. so we would have some of the same maybe forethought and trying to make sure things are right but for different reasons. And we would respond and react emotionally different to the same circumstance. So so I think that you pointed that out beautifully and um, be careful with mistyping if you are watching <laughs> or if you're listening on a future podcast. Hello in the future. Like, watch the, out for mistyping. It can happen a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, well, even hearing you say that, so hearing you read through one through nine, I found myself being like, well, that's a little bit of me too. And well, that's a little bit of me too. 
And the only reason I know what Enneagram I am is because I've done those quizzes and I've looked into them. And so it would be so easy to misinterpret or like, you know, stick somebody in a category and keep them there when really they're not. That would be super right. easy. Because if I were to it do that, y'all nine. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, yes. And we do have, so, um, I, you know, we do have a part, like we're all full people. You know, we are all whole humans and we all, um, to some degree or another, run the gamut of and experience the full breadth of what it means to be humans, you know, emotional beings, mental beings, like all of that. And so there is this, there, there is um, some of each type in us, but we do have this main type where it's like, if I could have one thing in life, for me, I could die being right and I'd be okay. <laughs> you know, yes. yeah. I would probably be mad. I'd be like, and you're wrong or yeah. whatever. Um, right. But yeah, last breath was, I'm right. I'm right. Yeah. And it would, be, okay. would be, I need certainty. Yeah. I like, know, right? You didn't know you what's going What's going to happen next? Yes. Oh, that's a big question, isn't it? Well, like, we're not going to get into that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, but I, I, I think that we have all of each type in us. But where the growth happens is when you start to dig into, um, and I don't know if we can get into it here for just a few minutes, but our main type really is something that from a young age, and it could be connected to our hardwiring like nature and nurture so complicated i tend to think it's a mix of both but as we grow up we have this kind of propensity and this uh tendency to try and feel okay in life using certain strategies certain coping mechanisms um and we might try out a few as kids and then we're like oh that worked <laughs> I'm going to keep doing that. Um, and really, we kind of nail down what our main type is going to be by a very young age. Um, and and there will be some Enneagram teachers and authors who kind of differ on when it happens. But the, the agreed uh, conclusion is your main type doesn't change. And also, you know, getting back to what we were talking about, like we are we have the ability to behave and want things outside of our type, but we do have this main type that it's like at my core, this is how I try and feel okay in life. Um, this is what I run towards because I think that that's going to, uh, that's better than all the other things I could run towards. Like that's the thing that's going to make me okay. Um, and this thing that I'm running away from, that's the thing that's going to destroy me. Like those other things I can handle, those other bad things, I don't like them, but I can handle them. That thing's going to kill me. Um, not literally, but so, so that's really why it's our main type. And that's why it stays our main type too. Even as we grow past the chains it might put on us and put on our personality so yeah super true. sorry i took us on a tangent there oh no i love it um okay so i was gonna do these at the end um i asked people if they had any questions for you and one that i got over and over and over and you kind of touched on that so i kind of want to jump into it now a lot of people wanted to know it was worded different ways so i'll give you a couple different ways one was can trauma change your enneagram type and then 
they worded it also as you become an adult, can it change? And then somebody said, if you uh, resolve past trauma, can that change your Enneagram type? So you're talking about having a core type, but let's say you go to therapy and you fix some trauma and things like that. Would that change your core type? Can that happen? Yeah, I think that is a great question. So um, kind of wording what I said before a little bit differently. Uh, and then I want to address like acute trauma that happens maybe like late, uh, later in childhood or, or later on into your life. Um, but as far as like just growing up as a human in this world, you know, I don't know. I, it's a little salty, but there <laughs> is this, you know, this thought that all personality or all of how we cope in life is born out of some kind of trauma even if it's incredibly mild, you know, because life has hurts and life has struggles. And even if we're like a bubble child, like we can't avoid um, having emotional pain and difficult circumstances, even if we are highly privileged in life, we view life as a, a progression of joys and hurts. And often it's those hurts that pile up and that we respond to and react to and build habits as we do so that helps us uh, solidify ourselves and how we move through life, how we approach it, the things that we look out for and the things that we readily accept, you know? Um, and so, so I do think that, you know, how we cope and try and feel okay is a form of very mild ongoing trauma because life is just a series of hard things um you Isn't know like a which, really bad reality <laughs> it, it is life a sad reality but there's hard. lots of joys interspersed yes. and that's beautiful too um but it but i i found that um often especially when we're young how we choose to cope with the hard things that come even if they're mildly hard or just inconvenient um, can help dictate how we respond, you know, or how we kind of want to respond. That first, like, oh, that that yeah. thing we want to do um, for the rest of our life is is really born out of our childhood. So, mild trauma, I think, helps us lean into and solidify our main type. Now, acute trauma, I don't want to downplay that because that is very different that is like you have a personality all of life's hurts and joys you've navigated those and you found a way to cope um, and that's your main type i do think um, that acute trauma that happens to us can really change the ways we feel safe moving through life responding you know um and so i do think that our main type can look very different or we will feel as if we're a different type because of that trauma so so i think that yes but no yeah <laughs> um and i think that healing can help us get back to who we to to our type um sure. yeah I, I think that trauma can sometimes especially like like if it was something that uh is causing you to be anxious about it happening again you know, you might, you might, if even if you weren't a six, take on a lot of six behaviors. Like I have to be, or or if your trauma was, um, if I don't do the right thing, I'm going to be severely punished or whatever, you know, and I don't want to get too far into that. Uh, you might take on 
type one behaviors because that's what kept you out of pain and, and whatever was happening. Um, so yes, I do think that how we show up in the world can be severely and drastically altered because of trauma. Um, I, I see healing from trauma as getting back to our type from childhood um, is typically what I see. And that's the consensus among most Enneagram authors and teachers. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. So with the six, actually hearing you talk about it. So we're known to be like, I think our title is the loyalist, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's one of them. Mm -hmm. So like we're super anxious. We just want everything to be planned out and have an escape route all the time. But we're also like, I think it says we're um, almost too loyal, loyal, loyal to a fault. Yes. Well, that, that can be true. That can be true. Um, although I've heard from some sixes that it feels like I am loyal. My breaking point for loyalty is, is farther than maybe it should be. But once it breaks, it's gone. <laughs> like, oh, you yeah. know, I'm never trusting that person again. Like, it'll be really hard to build um, it might be really hard to build back bridges with a type six, even though a type six might keep for a while, like repairing them for you. Like whoever it is who is burning a bridge with a type six, please don't because, you know, type sixes are awesome. Um, or with anybody, don't try and burn, burn yeah. bridges um, that, that aren't necessary, right? But a type six is like that hurt, but I'll fix that bridge for you that hurt, but I'll, but I'll, but I'll help fix that. And then eventually the type six is like, if you want to burn that bridge, I will let you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Do you want help? Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to help burn yeah, it? Let me burn it. Done. <laughs> I can, I can, yeah. that's that. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad that resonates with you. Yeah. Cause I'm yeah. not a type one. Oh, yeah. I'm not a type six. So I just have to try and speak for these types as best I can. <laughs> as yeah. a coach. Um, pretty much everything I've read that you posted I don't think there's any I've been like, no, that's not me at all. They all resonate at least a little bit and most pretty much hit home um, mm -hmm. with that. And especially being a six, like the Enneagram one through nine, do you feel like there is one that Mabel struggles more with anxiety or with depression? Cause I know for me, we're talking about, it's more like a, a cloud of worry or anxiety. So I know sixes kind of fall into that ball. Is there another Enneagram that deals with a lot of worry or anxiety or is it just the club of sixes? Well, uh, yeah, yeah, um, we can't get too far into it, but yeah. there's actually three types who um, struggle probably the most, and it's because these types kind of live out of their head, and when you're living out of your head, you tend to get up in your head, right, and that's kind of where that worry comes from, um, and that's types five, six, and seven. You know, the five is like, do I have the knowledge I need, and that's where a lot of their worry is. Do I have the energy that I need? Like, let me, let me take stock and inventory type six, you know, we've talked about some of their worry. And then type seven is like, well, am, am I able to do the things that I want? Like, can I make these ideas that I have this imagination that I that I have going? Like, can I make that come to fruition? How do I do that? And that's where their hamster wheel is. So um, as far as are there any types that struggle the most with that? Yes, types five, six and seven, even though we equate type sixes the most. Um, because it's it's the kind of worry that we tend to think about the most, like what's coming at me? How do I avoid that? Troubleshooting and things. Um, but as far as what you might say, uh, diagnosed anxiety, maybe, um, you know, I found that any type can struggle, you know, especially based on other traumas or 
chemicals in the brain. Like there's, there's so much that goes into it that goes beyond the coping strategy strategies that we developed as children um, that can cause us to struggle with anxiety. So um, just because you aren't a type six doesn't mean it might not, you know, be a struggle for you. And just because you are a type six doesn't mean that you struggle more than the average person. Right. Right. You know, I think sometimes sixes think that uh, the normal troubleshooting and worry that they're dealing with and can grow past um, is diagnosable anxiety. And I think that it's important to talk to somebody if you're wondering, if you're if you're worried about it. Right. Um, but uh, but I don't think that type sixes, as far as diagnosed and, and needing to be treated anxiety, um, struggle with that more so, yeah. you know, yeah. although, you know, it could be like a type six who's just worried about life. Yeah. Something happens and that drives that yeah. worry into overdrive and can, again, need that help of a counselor or therapist. Mm -hmm. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I feel, I mean, obviously anybody can go through those traumas, but I just kind of wondered if any tended more kind of like said to get in their head a little bit and just, uh, worry, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. Welcome six. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. I'm right here. Yeah. We tend to be yep. plan, plan everything out for sure. Mm -hmm. What, what's yeah. one thing that hits home for you being a one. So what's something that you say, like, would you call yourself a reformer? Would that be the word you use? I think so. Frustrated reformer. <laughs> yeah. Like that should be fixed. Like as soon as I see the wrong thing and it's not fixed, like as I'm looking at it, something went wrong like you know um so so really i have noticed in myself my own enneagram journey which i'm never done um growing i'm never done growing but really that noticing that switch uh that automatic switch to frustration and criticism of myself other people you know what's going on wherever that book that's crooked like um just <laughs> noticing how i have that emotional reaction yeah um and also knowing that other people don't have that so you, you know before i knew what was going on and that I had a perspective that other people didn't share. Um, and I had needs and drives that other people didn't have. They had needs and drives in different directions. Um, you know, I'd be like, why aren't you as frustrated as I am? You know, and just like, and they'd be like, why, why are you frustrated in the first place? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, yeah. So for me, it has been a big eye opener in oh, why I, it's allowed me to be curious instead of just accepting the negative emotional reactions that I, that I have, sorry, that was loud, just like that. Um, it, I, it, it's allowed me to pause and be curious. I'm like, what's going on? Like, how can you uh, give yourself grace in this moment? How can you uh, overlook things that don't really matter um, and, and be a whole person right now, instead of just leaning into that one facet of frustration when there's so much, so much more depth that you could, you could be latching onto in this moment, besides just that top level, something's out of place and I don't like it, you know? Um, and, and really being able to dig into the deep joy that's available. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm always there, but knowing that I could be curious and tap into that, um, 
has been a game changer game changer <laughs> yeah oh man absolutely and mm -hmm. i think good advice for any enneagram just realizing yeah um i can only speak for myself and you for yours but like when i hit that level of worry or constant doubt of things working out or planning just self-awareness of realizing there's a layer of joy like step back and calm down not everybody's worried about it it will be fine and even if it's yeah. not things will work out there is more to this moment than what i am experiencing of it yeah that if if enneagram any enneagram type can just latch onto that remind themselves of that and be curious in the moment that's where half the growth is oh, <laughs> that's where it is like there's more than what i'm zooming in on like let's zoom out a little bit and get a little bit more of the full picture and then make a choice an intentional choice about how i want to feel behave respond um oh yeah you 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 said it yeah absolutely so a lot of other people were asking about like the wings so when you have an enneagram like let's say i'm a six so i could also wing or kind of veer into the seven or the five so the ones closest to you you can kind of veer either way and it goes into super in-depth like a healthy six looks like this an unhealthy six looks like this and it kind of ebbs and flows with your moods and your personalities and things like that um but a lot of people are asking can you have multiple wings like i know like i've read a lot of things where you can have two wings like an unhealthy and a healthy, can you have more than two wings? How does that kind of work? Just real quick. Yeah. So, um, so the wings, like you said, you know, the Enneagram is in a circle. Nine is here at the top and I'm mirrored. So one is over here and then it just goes on around and the wings really are, where are you at in the circle? So like you said, a type six, which is over here, is going to be able to tap in easily to some of the type five traits, not really the motivations of a type five but their traits and behaviors and then type seven on the other side so it's almost like um being a tree like you're planted in your main type and you can easily lean over to the to the one on the one side or the one on the on the other side um so so the one that's confusing is like type nine and one right so a type one can have a wing over here on type nine or over on type two and you know so so that's because the numbers go around and meet yeah, up sure. there so um so yes you can have more than one wing some people have kind of balanced wings where you just kind of go wherever the wind is taking you like oh i i need to for your example oh i need to tap into my five let's do it like let's do that oh it's time to be over here towards the seven let's do that um so that would be kind of what we would call balanced wings like you can just go wherever you need to go flexible um and for for some people it's more of like they've been wind blown as this tree for so long that they're just kind of leaning over you know those trees that don't really come back straight when the wind stops <laughs> and uh so, so you might feel like um i know that my motivations are this type where my roots are but i often find myself and it's really actually sometimes hard for me not to exhibit some of these behaviors over here that are that are on this side of me whatever that is um, so, so that would be where you would really kind of identify your type with a wing, with one wing. Um, you know, for example, I am a one wing two uh, because I often lean into the two and it kind of shades and 
adds a lot of nuance that stays like lasting nuance to my to my type one Enneagram type. Um, so so the possibilities are up to two if you're pretty balanced, uh, yeah. possibly one if you lean over and you kind of stay there and sometimes zero, um, sometimes no wings. Now, I don't know if you asked if they could change. Um, um, like, but we yes, the answer is yes. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like sometimes you're like, oh, well, I've needed to be over here because of life circumstances or the season of life I was in. But actually now, like I've, my season of life has really changed and my circumstances have drastically changed. And now I'm kind of over here. Uh, so we do see that there are different reasons. Some Enneagram teachers say that you start out as always on one side. And then as you grow up, or maybe pass through midlife, you always go to the other side. I do not hold with that. Yeah. I think that when our, when our type changes, it's, or when our wing changes, it's probably because of a change in a season of life. Yeah. You know, you had a child or you went through a divorce or um, you're just older. You believe something different than you used to believe or whatever. Um, and, and you, life requires different behaviors of you. And so you lean into those. And so your wing might change. So it's not, it's definitely not um, as long lasting as your main type. Your main type does stay the same. Wings, I think they come and go. I don't put too much stock in identifying as them because they're just more likely to shift with life. Yeah, that's super interesting. I had no idea for that. Um, so, what advice would you give people wanting to know more? Like, how could they get in touch with you? How could they learn more? We went over earlier kind of websites they could go to, but what would be your suggestion for people wanting to learn a little bit more? Yeah, so, um, you know, I should have I should have been prepared for this. Follow me on Instagram. <laughs> I love to have conversations over there. Uh, Christian Enneagram Coach. Can I can I share about my book? Yeah, absolutely. Please do. Um, let me grab it. So um, I did write a book last year. This is a pandemic book, baby. And it was a beast to write with two kids alone wow. in the house and writing a book. But um, this is a great entry point. Um, it's available on Amazon. It's like 12 bucks. It's not expensive. Um, or follow me for free on Instagram. Grab the book if you want a little more in depth. Um, or you can reach out to me for ways, you know, I have a coaching community that's available to you. If you want to, if you want me to walk through things with you, those are kind of like the three levels, but I'd love to just have you on Instagram and my DMs as well with any questions that you have. Yeah, I love it. That is awesome. I need to snag one of those books. That's too cool. I'll show you <laughs> after this. Yeah, thank it, you. Um, okay. <clears throat> So for those of you that are logging in, that are new, there have been several names that I don't recognize. So my name is Townsend. This is Kim. She's a coach of Enneagrams, kind of a life coach, show you uh, your way through these things. Um, so I do these live streams once or twice a month. I've been doing them for um, really since about January. They've been amazing because I started this project called You're Not Alone. And so I decided I want to do live streams and talk about a variety of topics that people struggle with from eating disorders to Enneagrams. And it's been amazing. The feedback has just been beyond anything I could imagine. Um, but it basically the goal is to let everybody know they're not alone. It doesn't matter what you struggle with. There are tons of people that struggle with that as well. And so Kim, thank you so much for joining me. It has been so fun. I was so excited oh, about thank this. Thank you. This was 
amazing. I feel like we are friends and I'm going to claim oh, that. <laughs> you have my number, you. please save it. I've, I've tried really to keep in touch with everybody I've done live streams with. I'm a six, so we are now right. friends. We're yeah. now friends. I know that you're going to be amazing and you know that I, I will be, I will do the right thing and I will get back to you in a timely fashion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or I'll try. Or, and if I don't, I'll feel really guilty about it. That's so right. you have that. <laughs> Absolutely. Ken, thank you so much. Everybody that logged in, I hope you guys have an awesome night and I'll be out to, I got to come out to Arizona soon because there are too many cool people. So I'll let you know when I do. Let me know. Let me know because I, I don't go to places here. So you'll have to like take me to a cool place. <laughs> oh Lord. Okay. That, that's a yeah. big responsibility. I got no, no, you know, whatever. Low All key. right. Have no a good evening. Sure. Thank you so much. For <laughs> Thank you, camp. Townsend. All right. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this conversation and are interested in becoming a sponsor, feel free to shoot me an email at townsendtmusic at hotmail.com or shoot me a message on any social media platform at Townsend Team Music for more information. I would love for you to become a member to help spread awareness that you're not alone. If you're looking to buy or sell, I have the perfect realty company for you. Clark & Co Realty is located in the Benton, Bryant, Arkansas area. And they understand that buying or selling a home is more than just a transaction. It's a life-changing experience. That's why their team of highly seasoned real estate professionals is dedicated to providing exceptional, personalized services for all their clients. They truly take great pride in the relationships they build, and they always work relentlessly on the client's behalf to help them achieve their perfect real estate goals. They always have the client in mind, and I can speak firsthand when I say how reliable, trustworthy, and quick they were. When I was looking to buy my first home, they were there with me every step of the way, answering every question I could think of. They showed me a great amount of knowledge and patience through the process. It's no wonder they've won so many awards for their outstanding services and their excellent relationships with clients. So if you're looking to buy or sell, there is no better option than Clark & Co Realty.